Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Welcome into the NBA Morning Deuce for Monday, March 8th. Time it is, Alex. 11.01 p.m., a um, little later than we thought, Joey. Oh, my God, is it? Is it ever? I was thinking that this episode, I was excited, actually, for today because I was like, all right, we're going to have the All-Star game, just this one game. It's not going to take super long. And then we'll do the podcast pretty early, get to sleep pretty early. No, not at all. Didn't happen that way, even a little bit. All-Star Weekend took forever. I don't ever want All-Star Weekend to all be on the same day again. I'm done. I'm glad they pulled it off, I guess. I'm Kind of. I don't even know if I'm glad. But I don't ever want it to all be in one night again. Actually, before we even get into the show, the, sh- the game literally just ended. Do you want to make prediction on who gets MVP? Uh, yes. I feel like it has to be Giannis. I'm going with Dame. Okay. He ended yeah, up with 32. Think- he ended up with 32. And, oh, when the game went, yeah. And arguably the, the coolest shot in the history of All-Star. That was sick. If you didn't see it, it was essentially a half-court shot to push them to the 170 mark, which was the uh, the winning score because there was an untimed quarter first uh, 171. I didn't realize he, he had 32. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, I mean, I think, it, yeah, it came out of nowhere. I just was, like, checking the box score because I was like, I wonder if maybe Steph could get it because Steph had a lot of points too, but no, I don't know. Have they announced it yet? Uh, no, it looks like Adam Silver is about to announce it right now. Silver. But, uh, I went to Giannis. That's bullshit. Should have gone to Dame. What was it? Fan voting? I'm assuming. I don't know. I'm, I don't have the sound on. 
but I, I don't know if they, I mean, he didn't miss a shot. So that probably helped him. <laughs> yeah, 16 for 16. He also banked in two threes and actually hit a nice three in the corner. Yeah. But Dame, Dame made two half court shots in the game. <laughs> I know. It was awesome. I but just, not even not, not like half court heaves. He made two half court jumpers. Like spot up shot. Yeah. Yeah. That and was... one of them was to end the game. Now, that being said, with the Elam ending, the ending of the game is is de- is predetermined. Like it's not he he didn't like beat the buzzer. Mm-hmm. Because for those of you who are not totally aware of how the all-star games works now, I'm sure if you listen to this, you probably have an idea. They do the Elam ending now. They did it last year for the first time in honor of Kobe. And it's essentially whatever the score is at the end of the third quarter. So let's say one team has a hundred, another team has 99, the team with a hundred, the higher score add 24 to that. And that's what they're playing to. So in this game, team LeBron had 146 at the end of the third and they were winning. So the game ended up being to 170. So Dame hit a three a step inside half court essentially to get them to 170 to win the game. Still, I mean, it was awesome. Yeah. Still a half court game winner. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's still crazy. And the funny thing is, is it was almost like him and Steph. It was only going to end when one of them did it. Cause Steph did it. The shot, the before. previous possession. Yeah. And at the end of the first half, they, they each hit back to back half court jumpers. It was, yeah, that, it, that was probably of this, probably the funnest part of this entire game. Yeah, there were some really awesome moments like that. Um, another one that stuck out to me, I think Chris Paul threw an alley-oop to Steph Curry and the next possession, Curry threw an alley-oop to Chris Paul, which is badass. Mm-hmm. Um, so there were some really nice moments tonight, but that sequence at the end of the first half that you just mentioned. Was, and one of them threw an alley-oop to Dame right before that too. Yeah, uh, yeah, I think I heard Reggie Miller bumbling about that, but I missed that play. Yeah, overall just, I don't know, man, this whole having – Pre-game started at five at five, and then you had the skills competition at six thirty, and then the three-point contest, and then the game, and then dunk contest, and then the second half, and then a musical performance between the third and the fourth quarter. I mean, golly, the whole thing started at five Eastern. So it's like six hours of broadcast. That's a lot for All Star. Yeah, and not super high quality broadcast at all well it's tnt yeah and and i knew it was gonna be i was at my buddy's house and i was like it's gonna be it's gonna be reggie and c-web they're gonna bring out the big the tnt the big guns for this Mm -hmm. that's brutal it was horrible it was really really bad i had most of the second half on mute yeah um anything else from the game uh like that was i don't know man lebron's now four and oh since they started drafting teams that's pretty cool (laughs) Um, because he actually cares. Like you could tell mm-hmm. it was funny. Like, I think at the end of the third, after who was it? I want to say Jalen Brown. Somebody hit a three at the end of the third and they reviewed it, I guess, to see if they got it off in time. And while they were reviewing it, LeBron and Chris Paul had their team huddled up to like figure out how many points they needed to win the game. Yeah. Oh, that's kind of cool. And I was just like, I didn't even think about it. I'm like, okay, this isn't a super competitive game but LeBron and Chris Paul are on the same team. So, you know, it's going to be super, and it actually is going to be super competitive because they're the two most competitive players on the planet. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing that jumps out to me just is that LeBron only played 13 minutes. I'm sure if it was a close game, he would have been in there in crunch time in the fourth quarter, but 
Um, he didn't have a good start to the game, like points wise. So I feel like once he realized MVP was out of the question, he just kind of was saving himself because he knows he's got a huge, uh, like the bulk of the, the Lakers season is coming up for him. So 13 minutes was interesting. Uh, Zion Williamson played pretty horrible. He missed like four dunks. But yeah, he was getting crushed on Twitter. He only he played did. 14 minutes. Yeah. I want to see that. That's one where I was thinking, I wonder if like, if Stan called in a favor and was like, can you to, not to, yeah. to doc and was like, don't play him too much. Right. And then doc played Kyrie Irving and, 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 and uh, James Harden played the most minutes. Mm-hmm. Love it. It's pretty funny. Love it. Um, yeah. I kind of got a vibe from team Durant from the very start of the game that they just, did. I will say this James Harden, who actually, I mean, he didn't play. He actually played pretty well, but said said that he felt like he was forced to be there wow. in, his, in his media. Like he said, they were essentially forced to be there. Brad Beal was asked about the game, same team. He said, I, I don't want to say we were forced to be here, but it is in the CBA. Like, Yeah, I mean. It's I, more, I, if- I mean, I'm just saying multiple players on that team seemed very much like they didn't want to be there. And LeBron's team seemed like from the start, they were very much into it. Steph. Hmm. At least, I mean, look at Steph, Dame, and Giannis were the three best players on the floor in the entire game. So, I don't know. Not that it matters. It's an all-star yeah. game. But LeBron's team gets all the money for charity. So, good. They, yeah. LeBron, the the uh, Thurgood Marshall College Fund gets seven hundred, gets yeah seven hundred fifty thousand dollars. That's big. I mean, I mean, it would have all stuff. gone to charity anyway. Yeah, I mean. But they get one hundred fifty thousand for winning all three of the first three quarters, and then they get three hundred fifty thousand per quarter for winning each of the first three quarters, and then three hundred thousand for winning the game. So that's, that's huge for them. Um, that could have also just given that money to them and not played the game. <laughs> well, that's <laughs> no, obviously a big story surrounding yeah. the whole weekend, right? But yeah, you know, I, I don't know. I w- I wish some of the guys that. Like I don't want to see Kyrie Irving and James Harden play 30 minutes. Like, I want to see Julius Randle play more than 13 minutes in his first all-star game. And Mike Conley, who may never play in an all-star game again, who barely made it in. By the way, that was just a last second addition for people who don't know. Devin Booker had an ankle injury. So Mike Conley gets his first ever all gets his first all-star appearance when, when it was looking like he was going to go end up being the best player to ever not play in an all-star game. Hmm. He he's the old. I mean, he is the longest into a career to make his first All Star game. They showed. That's wild. So it's cool that he got in, but he played yeah, twelve minutes. Twelve minutes. I mean, what, what are we six. doing? Give the guy a shot. He's the most like everybody there would have been. I'm sure there's not one player who would have been like, eh, "Give me Mike Conley's minutes in the All Star game." Mm-hmm. Yeah. He also maybe didn't want to play that much. Yeah, I don't know. It's. I, I don't know. Saying, I, but... He seemed in his in the pregame when they were interviewing him, like, yeah, no, I want to. I mean, he, he, liter- yeah. he no, no, he literally said, "I may never get another chance, so I'm going out there to hmm. play." So, I don't know. The whole thing was kind of underwhelming in general, but the 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 Steph Dame thing was cool. That, that was cool. To me, that was the coolest thing. One thing that actually another thing that really stuck out to me from this game, like really, really stuck out to me from this game is that Luca is fat He's, and it might've been the jerseys. It could have been a, the jerseys a little bit, but there were multiple times in the game 
where Luca shot the ball, and I thought it was Jokic. He's the, we got a chunker on our hands here, I think. I mean, I, I, I've mentioned it a couple of times. Like, I don't know how you could be practicing basketball, playing basketball every single day of your life and not and look like he does. So whether it's his diet or um, he's got the world's slowest metabolism, like, I don't know what's going on there. But yeah, and I people, think it's kind of concerning. I really do. Yeah, people have crushed uh, James Harden his whole career for having that body type. I don't know how they're not getting on Luca. I, I, right. I, you see, like I texted you about it, and you saw what I saw. Right? He looked huge. Yeah, well, I've game. seen it all year. Yeah, but tonight did stay. Maybe it's the yellow. He was in the, the yellow yeah, jerseys, right? Yeah. Maybe that's not a slimming color. Um, uh, that's what my buddy said who I was watching with. He's like, "Yeah, yellow is not doing him any favors." But still, I mean, he looked big. It was noticeable. Yeah. Which is yeah, I guess not ideal because. While it didn't do him any favors, it's not like other people looked fat. Right. <laughs> like, so <laughs> yeah. you still have to be somewhat at, like heavy to look heavy. I wonder what Zion would have looked like in the yellow. Then we really would have known. Zion, it, it, Zion's a monster in any color. Yeah. yeah. Is a big, <laughs> big gentleman. Yeah. Is a big, big gentleman. Uh, mentioned that the, so before the game was the skills competition and the three-point contest. The skills competition was stupid. <laughs> I, I feel like I'm going to crush the whole all-star game, but that's fine. It's just I, tough. I, I'm, the skills competition, just they need to tweak it. It's just boring. Like it's just, and they, I think the, the, um, there was something fun in the beginning, like when cat won, won it. And it was like, Oh, big man wins it. But now the big men are winning it every year. Mm-hmm. Like bam won it last year. This year, demanded Sabonis wins it. It, so now the luster's worn off about big men winning it. Big men are skilled. Fine. Make it harder. Yeah. And make the, the, sh- there's, a, there's still a three point shot involved, mm, right? That but, you have to hit the three point. Sh- Did yeah. you not watch it? No, I didn't watch it. I watched the stupid ass skills competition. Uh, it's an all-star weekend. It's the only thing to talk about on the podcast today, but um, yeah, the three, you have to hit the three to, to, to win. It's the last Once shot. I heard Robert Covington was in the skills competition. I decided. Well, it wasn't worth my time. we'll get into that too, yeah. because there's a, there's a reason for that that the league didn't really let on to, but it became blatantly apparent as the night went on. Um, but yeah, they just need to change. I think they got to change the either get rid of it or change the format of it because it's just mm-hmm. not. It's not even fun anymore. Like even the that last run, like that last stretch where they're run, they have to make a layup and then come down and make a three, and they're chasing each other. I'd rather see them just play like knockout. That'd be more fun. Yeah. Yeah. Just something competitive. It's not competitive. There's a moment, you know, every now and then there's a moment, I think at the end when Sabonis and Vucevic, who were the final two, were taking the three-pointer and they were missing. Like there was a little bit of drama, but the whole thing was kind of, yeah. It was just yeah. meh. Uh, but Sabonis gets the win. Uh, and then the three-point contest was actually great did you watch the three-point contest i didn't i know steph won i'm gonna uh, okay you said it you said it was a five-hour broadcast i'm not gonna I, I really was down on this whole weekend and it started when i woke up this morning and found out simmons and Embiid are are at risk of covid now and it's just like why are they doing this man like it's it's frustrating it's extremely frustrating 
Yeah. Uh, so Mike Conley replaced Devin Booker in the three point contest, which was was cool for him because it's his first time at All Star Weekend, and he made it to the finals. And it looked like Steph was just going to run through everybody. And Mike Conley got 27 in the final round. And Steph came down to his last shot and he had to hit his last shot to beat Mike Conley. Which ends up, I mean, the three-point contest seems like it ends up being the best of the like all-star Saturday night competitions every year now. Mm-hmm. And it's because it's the simplest and it's just like a true display of skill. You know, it's it's so straightforward. Um I don't know. I, I've always loved it. Back in the Peja Stoyakovic days, I think that was my first three-point contest I watched. Yeah. Uh, so that was, I mean, that's the pregame. And then the dunk contest was just a, just, a, just not good. And it's people horrible. are saying it's the worst one ever. I don't know if I agree with that. But it's just that it's not even that the guys weren't good just that they had to change the format because it was at halftime and they had to go faster. There's also just a, the scoring system is so ass backwards and they tweak it slightly every year, but like, I like the way the ending was. I like the way they changed changed the ending to, instead of having a score, they just Mm -hmm. had all five guys say who won. So they, each guy in the final round. So Cassius Stanley, who everyone seemingly, the consensus seems to be that he got robbed because I feel like this happens every year. The first guy, no matter what dunk he does, he gets a lower score because they're harder on him. And then, uh, and then the, the scores go up. Dude, I was shocked when I saw an eight come up after that. I'm actually pretty passionate about the dunk contest because I've always loved it. But like that dunk was awesome. That, I mean, that's not an eight. So as soon as I saw that, I was like, all right, this is going to be ruined again this year. I just, why are there no decimals? I don't understand. Like, an eight, nine, and a 10 are not enough to separate like the most athletic people in the world doing the coolest shit imaginable. Um, so there's just no way that's an eight, first of all. Maybe it's an 8.7. I... Do you hear the frustration in my voice? It's, it's annoying. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, I mean, I can't really describe what his dunk was because it's a podcast. You just have to go watch yourself. I actually thought Obi Toppin's dunk was just as, if not more impressive. The first just... one? The first one that he did yeah, in the first round, mm-hmm. they just, I don't think they, I think, I mean, he got a better score. I think people were underrating it a little bit because it looked like he did it so easily because he's a bigger dude. Right. And then once you saw it in slow motion, it looked a lot more impressive. All the dunks are so much better yeah. in slow motion. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Amphrey, well, I didn't Amphrey, even, I didn't even totally realize what he did in yeah. at full speed and I in the did. slow motion i was I like i did Whoa. i mean i i thought i did i was like wait he just put that be- he went between his legs on the off that bounce on the bounce yeah um so that was good who and then anthony simons is just he's a f- absolute freak yeah seems and like I, a really cool guy too bro also like so he does that first dunk he put a like a toy basketball hoop up at the top of the box which is 12 feet goes up and gets it with ease and Shaq goes I mean, it would be better if you windmilled it. <laughs> it was a good message. <laughs> so ignorant. It's just so, yeah, of course it would be better if you windmilled it, Shaq. But that's not physically and then, possible. And then Kenny Smith must have said 10 times, he went and got it, but he didn't go get it. What does that mean? Like, what it's does so that weird. mean? I always like, I like Kenny Smith 
all the way up every season, all the way up to the dunk contest. And then he's so annoying during it that it takes another year for me to like, be like, all right, I'm cool. Like Kenny Smith is funny and cool again. But every year on the dunk contest, he just gets so excited and just sounds like an idiot. He went and got it, but he didn't go get it. He said that 10 times legitimately he said it <laughs> like 10 in times. a row. It's yeah. just like, I don't know what you're saying right now. Kenny yeah. Smith. What does that even mean? <laughs> he jumped 12 feet in the air. His head was above the rim. What, what could he, what more could he possibly have done? Yeah. And, and then, he, and then his last dunk, I don't care. Like he went up and tried to kiss the rim. He didn't kiss the rim. I don't give a shit. He was so far above the rim. He deserved mm-hmm. to win. Yeah. I, I thought it was a nice dunk. I wasn't too passionate about either, like either one, you know, but I think it was just so rushed because it was at halftime. Yeah, definitely was there. You usually get four dunks, right? Or is there a third round? I forget. I think, no, it's normally two rounds and you get four total dunks. They got three even, this year. I honestly don't even remember. It was just yeah. so, I'll tell you what, the way Zion looked in the all-star game, it's probably good he wasn't in the dunk contest. Yeah. Like, he doesn't like he look dunk. like he, he does not look like he has the spring that he had at Duke or in high school. I know that sounds crazy. Maybe it's because he's among the best athletes in the world, but. It's also probably because he looks like he weighs 8,000 pounds. Yeah. Yeah. But, I don't know, on dunk contest. There were some good dunks, but overall, just when you try to force it in there like that, mm-hmm. it's a, that is the highlight. That and the three-point contest are the highlight of the entire weekend. And they try to just cram it in there just to get it done. It just yep. – it was it was underwhelming. Um, pretty much – I mean, that's pretty much the, the gist of it, right? I mean, yeah. just a – pretty much what we expected though like an underwhelming i mean the the production was good they did good with what they had there was only 2500 fans they put back up that screen like they had in the bubble so the court looked cool i mean they did a decent job with all that Mm -hmm. but did you (laughs) did you catch the thing reggie miller said what he was it was an unreal moment on the broadcast he's like it's like, you know, Marv, there's o- there's only like 2,500 people in here, but it sounds like 25,000. Like they did a really good job with this. And Marv's like very low key was like, well, they're piping in fans <laughs> audio. <laughs> and Reggie's like, is that what that is? It was unbelievable. No, I missed that part. Uh, the economy is made up of real people doing real stuff and it affects everything, which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff. Marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news. We dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy. From big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the Fed, Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to. Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcasts. That's so good. Um, I will say I did have a... There was... So... The biggest issue I have with the whole production, and it's not, this is not even a Turner thing. It's got, it's an NBA thing. Almost any other year, or ju- pretty much any other year, if they all, so their whole thing, I wouldn't, I guess the theme, I, you could call it, or the whole broadcast, the whole event was, was to support HBCUs, historically black colleges and universities. And the way they did it, I think almost any other year, I'd be like, this is amazing. This is something that they should be supporting. This is something they should be shining a light on. This is, it's great what they're doing. And ultimately at the end of the day, the money they're raising for HBCUs is great. 
right? It's great. It, it should, the, the, the league does these kind of things is what they should do. But it became so blatantly obvious and apparent from the very start of the broadcast that they were sh- shoving the support and the awareness of HBCUs down our throat to try to sidestep the fact that they're playing an all-star game during a pandemic. They mentioned COVID one time and it was at five o'clock when they came on air to say that Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid's barber had COVID and that they were being held out of the game at the, between the third and the fourth quarter, they mentioned frontline workers in a six hour broadcast. They mentioned frontline workers one time and didn't even say COVID. They just said it was Dwayne Wade saying, thank you to our frontline workers. Here's Anthony Hamilton to sing a song about you. That was it. All of this stuff they did in the middle of a pandemic, you could give all the money to the, to the HBCUs. You can honor HBCUs. You could talk about, you could do the thing you did in the breaks where you talk about executives and guys who went to HBCUs, do all that stuff. But we're, so we're just done raising money and sh- and giving and putting awareness out there that there's still a pandemic going on that's still really bad. It just it was so to me very tone deaf. And and again, I want to be clear, I am not saying that they shouldn't be in support of HBCUs. They obviously should, and it was it's good. And any other year, in a normal year, yeah, every year maybe they should have, they should have a theme like this is what we're supporting this year. Whatever do that but to just do it as a way of distracting from the fact that two of the best players in the nba almost came to the game and gave everyone covid and that we're doing this in the middle of a pandemic not one i see i watch nba tv all the time bill russell's doing these commercials telling people to get vaccinated where's that right no no hey guys go go get a vax go get vaccinated if you're gonna do it on a normal game why aren't you gonna do it on the most watched game no mention of the NBA is doing a great job to help communities hit hardest by COVID. Make sure you're wearing your mask. Did you hear once on the broadcast, someone saying wear a mask? Did you hear someone once on the broadcast say continue to social distance? No, they didn't say anything the whole time. They acted like it didn't even exist and continued. I mean, at every single moment that they could in the game say, we're supporting HBCUs. We, we understand you are great cause it is it's great, but it was so you texted me and it's like, it's hard to take it seriously when they're just shoving it down your throat. And it's so clear what they're trying to do here. Yeah. That, that uh, was the biggest, that was, I might've enjoyed the whole thing more if it wasn't so blatantly clear that they were trying to avoid talking about the pandemic that they're playing a game in that most people, including their players, don't even think they should be there for. Yeah. I think tone deaf is nail on the head completely because it's like <laughs> you've got guys before the game saying, I feel forced to be here, right? And why do, they, yeah, why do they for, feel forced to be here? Because, you know, this is a traveling, like all this sort of thing is can be dangerous to your families and stuff like that. And to not even acknowledge why during a five-hour broadcast. Yeah, James, uh, I mean... LeBron said it when they announced they were having a game. He said, "My mentally, I won't be there. Physically, I'll be there, but mentally, I won't be there." Yeah, I mean, I, it, it just the whole thing to, 
And then it's almost a slap in the face to the frontline workers to do this three minute speech from Dwayne Wade saying, thank you for everything you've done. And, and you've gotten us through this year. Here's Anthony Hamilton. Right. And there was after the third quarter, right? it was between the third and the fourth quarter. Like <laughs> if you went up to go to the, if you're a frontline worker and you went to go take a shit, you missed it. You missed your call. <laughs> you missed your, yeah. No, I'm, I mean, you, you definitely heard that the league is supporting HBCUs, but you didn't hear that the league supports frontline workers or that the league's doing anything about COVID. You didn't hear any of that because you were taking a shit for three minutes. How dare you? I'm just saying it's, it, they, they, they doubled down on the thing that people thought like the reasoning why they shouldn't be, they, they doubled down on not addressing the reason why they shouldn't have been there doing the game in the first place. Mm-hmm. It just, that, that was the whole game. I'm just like, this is just overkill, man. This is right. overkill. And your, your point of the, the just hammering HBCUs as much as they did made it so transparent of what time they were trying to fill or like what they were trying to avoid talking about. It was just clear as day, you know, don't touch this. Don't mention this. And then, so you mentioned Robert Covington. Okay. I think when they, when it was announced that Robert Covington was in the skills competition, everyone was like, I've never seen Robert Covington dribble. Yeah. That was the first thing I said when he told me that I was like, what? Well, what most people probably don't realize is Robert Covington is the only player in the NBA that went to an HBCU. So Robert Covington was in the skills competition so that he could wear his Tennessee state Jersey. And he gave out a scholarship to two HBCU students and they interviewed him and asked him about the importance of going to an HBC. They used him as a, as a tool for this thing. Mm -hmm. They could have just had him come. I mean, like represent like, so they, they gave him a spot in a competition that he shouldn't have been in because he went to an HBCU instead of just having him come and, do something to honor HBC, like, honor him for being the one. Don't yeah, like, simple. don't like, don't like, like pretend like, Oh, we, we brought Robert Covington in cause he earned being in the skills competition, but Hey, but since you're here, do you want to just be our poster child for HBCUs? Just bring him to all-star break. And since you're honoring HBCUs, honor him for being the one. Yeah. It's that simple. Instead of cheapening the whole event, you know, and now it's just like, God, and it's funny. And I didn't know that it's not funny, but when I first noticed how much they were like really going in on, it was almost immediately after um, the beginning of the show, they started talking about it and how they were going to be donating and this and that. And then the undefeated tweeted out the undefeated, which is ESPN site that covers all black athletes, black schools, black, uh, co- black sports, you know, and they tweeted out Robert Covington's the only player in the NBA from an HBCU. And I was like, Oh, mm, got okay, it. here we go. So that, that's what the league is doing here. I mean, I'm sure Robert Covington doesn't care. I guess he, pro- I'm sure he gets a little, um, a check for being there and being mm-hmm. part of it, but it just, yeah. Like, like you said, cheapening the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And yeah. And, we can't be more clear that this is not about HBCUs or, or like, it's a great cause. Like it, it's excellent, but it's, it's something they probably a, should have been doing for, yeah, years for years and years. Mm-hmm. And, and you know what? They may have been like, there is a chance that for years, the league has been donating to HBCU. Who knows? 
Mm-hmm. But they just happen to bring it to the forefront now. Part of that is oh, everything that's gone over the over gone on in the past year in terms of race relations and unrest, civil unrest within all communities. And Chris Paul has been wearing, you know, he wears the HBCU logos on his shoes to games to support because a big thing is, um, you know, supporting black schools and educating black, more black youth and students and, and all that. So yes, it's, it's not about the call. It's not about the, the theme or the cause that they're trying to support. It's about how they implemented it. Yeah, and the head, the clear head fake the NBA is trying to give you as a fan is, right. is, is frustrating. It was just, it was just overkill. I again, even if they would have just talked about the pandemic a little bit, it was almost like they were, they literally were just trying to avoid admitting that it's even a thing. Any like, mm-hmm. it, which is so weird for the NBA. It is, usually, but it, the NBA is usually so far out in front of all this stuff. Well, it's just so crystal seemed clear. Like it, this, se- this seemed like a very NFL type of move. Kind of, in fact. Yeah, yeah, it did. Um, yeah, it's just so crystal clear in my mind that this event shouldn't have happened this year. Like, just take a year off. And they needed to push it through for financial reasons, I'm assuming. And this is their way of kind of skirting by the risks that they were taking. And I didn't like it very much. Not a great look. I, I don't know that everybody feels that way, but it just, it just seemed, it seemed... Maybe be maybe because of the lack of talk about anything COVID related, related, it seemed like they were shoving the others, the, everything else in our face. Mm-hmm. Whatever. It, it ends, ultimately, they raised a ton of money for the for HBCUs, and so that's awesome. That's that's great, and they should continue to do that. This sh- it shouldn't be just like a one off thing for All Star Weekend. They should continue to do that. So it's great. But there is still a pandemic going on, and they did still just bring. 28 of the best players in the NBA to play a basketball game against each other. Like I didn't even, even all this time when we were talking about like how this game shouldn't have gone on, it didn't really hit me until someone said like, yeah, let's just bring 30 of the best players to play a game so that if one of them gets COVID, then 30 of the best players in the NBA can't play for the next month. Yeah. How many teams are represented there tonight? 15 or something? Crush. Or? It would crush the NBA. Oh, it set them back. I mean, yeah, it would probably cause a month's delay at the least. Yeah, but we got to have it. Got to get it done. Got to yeah. get it done. Uh, all right. The only other thing to talk about this weekend, which is really actually the biggest news of the weekend, is Blake Griffin and the Pistons agreed to a buyout on Friday, and he was officially bought out Friday. And today, Sunday, he it was announced that he is signing with the Brooklyn Nets. Um. And Woj, Woj reported that they see him playing as a small ball center off their bench. I love it. <laughs> it's like I hate it as a Sixers fan, but everyone should hate it. Everyone yeah. should hate it. And all these people that are crushing Blake Griffin just don't they don't watch. Right. And they're also not putting themselves in there. Like, imagine being at a job you hate and you hate the direction the job is going no matter how much you're getting paid, you're, you're not, your heart isn't in it, you know? Yep. So the player that we've seen Blake Griffin as the past, probably two years, I don't think is the probably Blake year, Griffin. year and a half. Yeah. Listen, two years ago, he was an MVP candidate. People don't remember that yeah, because look at the numbers, the Pistons, yeah. but he was had MVP numbers. I, I refuse to believe that 
with that um without some catastrophic injury which he hasn't had he's been around he has injuries here and there but not any like season ending injuries that he's just he went from being an mvp candidate a year and a half ago and now he just can't play in the nba Mm -hmm. oh and it just so happened it was in one of the more backwards organizations in the league right now i think there's a connection there yeah so i'm just can't wait for the moment in like three weeks when everyone just is like the, the, the Blake Griffin turnaround is one of the best stories of the season. Mm-hmm. I, I guess it's, he's still good. Like right. it, he's still good enough that a lot of teams that are run by a lot of people who know a lot more than all of us were, they all wanted him. Mm-hmm. Every single one of them, they all wanted him. Everybody would have taken Blake Griffin. They wouldn't have taken him for 30 million. Sure. But I bet you they would take him for more than the 5 million he's going to make from the nets. Yep. I'm sure they probably take him for 10. They'd take him for the mid-level. They'd take him for 15. They just wouldn't take him for 30. Sure. There's not a lot of guys that are worth 30 million anymore. Especially not at 31 years old. But Blake Griffin is a very good player, especially when you put him on a team that's already arguably the best team in the NBA right now. He can literally be, <laughs> he can go out there for 25, 30 minutes and just do rim runs the whole game. Like it's so perfectly suited for what he does. And he's added a three-point shot to his arsenal. So, like, mm-hmm. and, and he's, he's still one of the best ball handling and passing big men in the league. Mm-hmm. Now, what they probably need absolutely most from him is defense, which has never been like his calling card. But he's not a horrible defender. Well, then they need him to rebound, which he yeah. had. He hasn't been a great rebounder since he left the Clippers, but he can still rebound. I don't think they're going to play him a ton of minutes, right? So, I mean, if he can, if he can give them. 20 a good 25 minutes a game 20 mm-hmm. 25 minutes a game it's huge yep. and i don't think they're done i don't think no. they're done no they shouldn't they, they should try to add another defensive big man because yeah you know who if it's andre drummond i'm gonna uh, javel mcgee oh, javel mcgee yeah that'd be really that'd be really nice three times i don't think at this point drummond no, i he, feel like drummond wants to play yeah and, I and he think can like, make so much more money somewhere else probably well, no, if he gets bought out, he's no one's going to give him a huge deal because he's already making right. He's been making 20 something million from the Cavs, but and if he gets traded, he's 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 making money. He's going to be a free agent after this year. That's the problem too is he's in the last year of a deal and he's still young. So, whoever trades for him has to kind of see him as a piece going forward because he's yeah. not going his numbers are going to dictate a decent contract even though he hasn't done nothing. Right. So, but Blake Griffin, ah, man. I mean, we were already pretty certain that the Nets were far and away the most dangerous team in the East. And now they add a, a guy that might have a lot left in the tank. An all-star. Yeah. A, guy, yeah. a guy who, no matter what anyone thinks, like he was an all-star and one of the better players in the NBA for a long time. He didn't just, it didn't just fall apart. Look, it's possible actually yeah anything's possible maybe he just fell apart maybe he's just a, not a good basketball player anymore i wholeheartedly disagree with all the people that are out on twitter saying this doesn't really help the nets blake griffin can still play i saw him play in the preseason a couple times and i've seen him play a few times this year he can still play he's just in detroit he's just standing out around the three-point line doesn't really care knows he's not part of the future 
this is the new normal in the NBA. People got to, people are going to have to start accepting this shit. James Harden did it. Blake Griffin did it. Derek Rose did it to an extent to get to New York. This is just what guys do in the NBA. Now they don't want to be in a place. They play like shit so that the team will get rid of them. Mm -hmm. And usually in the player's defense, the reason they don't want to be in a certain situation is because the owner in the front office have messed up the whole situation so badly and they don't want to waste their best years there. So, which I think is exactly what happened in Detroit. Yeah. I mean, Blake probably only has a few years left. Mm -hmm. I do think Brooklyn is probably the best it besides from how good they already are. It probably does make the most sense because I think anywhere else he would have gone on the list, he would have been asked to do more than he probably, you probably want him to do at this point. Even if you went to the Lakers, Mm -hmm. he'd probably be the third best player in the Lakers, maybe fourth be after Schroeder. Right. If he goes to Miami, he's going to start and probably play a lot of minutes at the four or five, however they do it with next to Bam. Mm -hmm. If he goes to Boston, I mean, Boston needs a lot up front. He'd be asked to do a lot in Boston. And then same with the Clippers. Like, if he would have gone, I don't think he was ever going to go back to the Clippers, but if he did, these are all the teams that were named. If he went back to the Clippers, they don't have anybody up front. They have Serge and Batum. But he goes to Brooklyn. They don't really have anybody up front either, but they don't need. <laughs> they don't need it. Right they now. just don't. They don't need. They don't need a big man who can come in and be one of their better players. They just need a big man who's competent who could come in and give them really good minutes. Because mm-hmm. they're so low. and honestly, I don't think it's too soon to start looking ahead. Like his number one thing that he can do for this team is try a little bit to slow down Anthony Davis in the finals. <laughs> like, because right now, like DeAndre Jordan can't do it himself, but you're just adding bodies, big bodies that can do yeah. other things that can try to slow Anthony Davis down. Because right now they don't have anyone that can do that before yeah. this move. Well, that's why they got to go get Javel McGee. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Although I don't, <laughs> he could try. He could definitely try. I'll try. Uh, all right, I think that's it for the for All Star Weekend. Just, uh, yeah, I think I think you probably you're probably right. I think we we neither of us really wanted this weekend to happen, so I think I came into it with low expectations as it was. Mm-hmm. But man, the all, all of it being on the same day mm-hmm. and just the amount of time it took well, really killed it. Uh, yeah. Well, I wasn't, I already wasn't high on it. And then the news I wake up to of Simmons and Embiid, like it just reassured everything we talked about. Why? And if this has my team in jeopardy for this first half of the, like first the couple. Thing, the, the Embiid and Simmons thing, they got it or they didn't get COVID or that, not that we know. We don't know yet. Yeah. But it was their barber in Philly. Did he travel with them? I have no, no idea, but okay. obviously those guys were not around anybody in, in Atlanta or else the whole game would have got shut down. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I guess it's because of all-star because maybe they wouldn't have gone to get a haircut at the same time together if it wasn't all-star weekend, but I don't know. I don't know that all-star is to blame for them getting in no, being in no, contact right. with a barber who had COVID. You're right. But I'm saying it's already hard enough to get through this season, you know, for shit like this. Right. And then we're adding an exhibition game and all kinds of stuff. It just doesn't make sense. But you're right. Maybe, yeah. Adam Silver is not to blame for this barber. Right. 
Still now, but off. again, yeah, I will. But there is there is something to be said that they wouldn't have probably gone to the barber at the same time dirt for All Star when they were probably going to get a haircut because they were going to be on national TV yeah. for All Star Weekend. I'm assuming. Yeah, this is the only thing that makes sense. I, I, I don't do. I thought Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. I thought the whole thing was they didn't really like each other. No, they're pretty cool to, with each other. I don't know if they like spend time off the court. But... Well, they go to the same barber. Yeah. Maybe the barber came to them. You need more info on this barber. If this barber jeopardizes the whole season, I'm going to be pissed. Well, if he jeopardizes the Sixers season, you mean? Yes. This barber almost jeopardized the whole NBA season. I know. <laughs> you imagine? Oh, that would man. be nuts. That would yeah. be crazy. Yeah. Well, I guess he's lucky he didn't. All right. We'll be back tomorrow talking about something. There's no games till Wednesday. There's only two. There's only two games on Wednesday. So we'll uh, we'll figure out what we want to talk about for Tuesday and Wednesday shows. But it, I guarantee it'll be two of the best shows we've ever had. Yeah, I also guarantee that. Guaranteed. All right. See you guys tomorrow. Later. Later.